Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to another Modernizer Die CFML News Edition. It's November 19th, special Thursday edition instead of our usual Tuesday. So uh, thanks for joining me, Brad. What's going on? Just uh, hanging out here in this chair next to you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for those who didn't know, CF Summit was this week. And so our normal time clashed with a, a bunch of uh, our regular uh, live viewers. And so we thought we'd wait till after the conference and give you a bit of a conference update as well. So Sounds surprise, like surprise for those who are looking for a Tuesday one. And of course, that was the day I actually pre-scheduled it to be on Tuesday because I'd forgotten the dates too. And so everybody probably had the reminder set up and nope, sorry, fooled you. But uh, we're here now. So that's all that matters, right? We'd like to keep you on your toes. Yeah. So again, I'm Gavin Pickin, software consultant for Order Solutions. And you are Brad Wood, just in case you forgot. Apparently, I'm also a software consultant for Order Solutions, according to our show notes. Yep. Uh, and whatever title you make up on the day. Yeah. That's my favorite thing, making up titles. Okay, well, first, we just want to thank Auto uh, Solutions, one of our sponsors. Uh, they make the show possible. Um, and one way you can say thank you to them is you can look at the Into the Box Latam. Uh, the conference is going to be on December 3rd and 4th online. English and Spanish uh, content available, and uh, it's only $7 to subscribe to, to that. So we'll tell you a little more in the conferences section. So you're saying it's going to be in Spanglish? Um, yes, possibly. Maybe some Spanish too. But uh, we'll also have uh, another way you can support Audis is to sign up to cfcast.com. Uh, it's a site where we release uh, free and paid videos every week. And so if you sign up, um, you can get all the free content. And if you subscribe, then you can get uh, paid content as well. And a lot of great stuff coming there. We'll tell you a bit more about that later too. And the other way that we get support for this uh, podcast is through our Patreon supporters. So we have 34 patrons now. That's like 58% of our funding for this podcast comes from you individuals out there spending your hard-earned money to, to thank us for this. So that really means a lot to us. And uh, without you guys, yeah, we wouldn't be able to make this podcast happen. Don't mind okay. me. I'm just fiddling with my, with my total real office that's behind me. <laughs> Nothing to see. Okay, well, so now we thank our sponsors, we can get into the news and events, and there's a pretty big event last week, uh, Adobe Cold Fusion 2021 was released. I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say CF Summit, and I'm like, that was this week, Gavin. <laughs> yeah, 2021. I, I keep wanting to say 2020, apparently I think some of the Adobe engineers in the sessions this week were actually saying 2020 from the habit of it, but yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty funny. It's like a car company release. They released 2021 in the year 2020. <laughs> but there was rumors yeah, that they were going to not re be able to release it until 2021, so they changed the name, and then now it's still 2020. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's... You know, I thought maybe they just didn't want to associate with 2020 since everybody, you know, was like, oh, my gosh, too. 2020 is so bad. It's like, you know, the unlucky number. I, I think that is definitely part of it. 
But uh, <laughs> but as it says on their blog post, a completely reimagined Adobe Cold Fusion 2021 release offers a modular, secure, and containerized approach to building applications that can run across multiple cloud providers or on-premises. You can now switch between cloud service providers without having to rewrite your application. So, uh, in a nutshell, it's interesting that they include containerized um, in the description now because Adobe's had official containers before, but I think they have more of a focus on them this time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think when 2018 was released, they were working on them, but they didn't have the official <laughs> images released at the time they released 2018. So, this is the first time they've released at yeah. the same time, and they're a little more polished now, too, because when 2018 came out, there was a lot of issues, and they weren't sure how to use them, and Charlie's done a couple of great sessions in the past couple of years at CF Summit talking about the Docker images and how to use them and how to configure them, and, you know, obviously a lot of things that we've we've been working on, uh, you know, like our CF config and ways to make it easier to script. Yeah, they're slowly catching up to the, the Ordis command box images. Yeah, so... <laughs> But, uh, Someone on Twitter was talking about how it was nice to be able to easily switch between versions of, you know, Cold Fusion and the Docker image. And I'm like, huh, that sounds like the Ordis image is about like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a lot of great things in the 2021 release. Um, uh, Charlie did a session at CF Summit on the Hidden Gems and went through it. He's got a blog post that we'll share in the show notes here as well uh, about some of that. And of course, uh, yeah, there's 500, 600 pages of documentation on, on the release. So there's a lot of content out there. Uh, a lot of documentation. Uh, the nice yeah. thing about Charlie's blog post is he references the giant PDF by page number. Yep. So if you're reading through Charlie's blog post, um, he'll say, you know, pages 70 through 90 or whatever, you know, and you can go find it in the PDF to get more information. So it's yeah, it's like Cliff Notes, right? So Charlie's done a great job of summarizing <laughs> that, finding all the good stuff. And then you can just look through his summary and then go like a table of contents and go find what you need. So uh, it's really neat. So there's a lot of good stuff. And the conference highlighted a lot of that too. But yeah, they're definitely focusing more on, uh, you know, containerizing. So they did a lot of work. They have their new package manager now. Um, they have... Uh, well, the CFPM, right? Which is their package yeah. manager for loading the different modules of confusion. Yep. And so uh, I know you did a little bit of work and released a blog post about how to use it with Command Box. You want to tell us a little bit about that? I did. I answered the same questions like 50 times on Twitter and Slack. And so I finally just kind of like put it all in a blog post. Um, the, <laughs> I, I even saw people on the on the Facebook group for Confusion saying, you know, Oh, I'll wait till this comes out on command box. I'm like, yeah, it's been on forge box for like days now. <laughs> All you have to do is use it. Um, but yeah, the, if you're a command box user and you want to play with 2021, it's out there on forge box. It's been out there on forge box. Um, and so my blog post, I just talk about how, you know, it uses the regular slug. So it's still CF engine equals Adobe. Um, and if you have a server, that's just server start CF engine equals Adobe. And you didn't have a version, you will, automatically and possibly unexpectedly get Adobe Cold Fusion 2021 the next time you start that server. Um, so if you intend to, to stay on 2018 or 2016, obviously you'll need to dial that in because the latest version is now 2021 for the Adobe slug. But you can play with 2021 right now, just server start CF engine equals Adobe at 2021. And that's all out there. Um, if you're using CF config, you will need to update it. Uh, it's just run the update dash dash system command. Um, I had CF config looking or, you know, expecting the 2020 version. Uh, but then when, when it came out as 2021, CF config is like, I don't know what that version is. I can't import configuration into it. So the new update just says, yeah, it's fine. It's the same as this one. Um, the other big thing you mentioned is CFPM. 
Um, if you want to play with Adobe 2021, um, chances are your site won't work on it. If it's cold box, it absolutely won't work, but that's for more reason than one. Um, but you can't even, you know, get a cold box site to compile, um, on just the base image. So I love the modular architecture that, that Adobe did. They're about four years behind Lucy now on that, but it's, it's a fantastic change. It was when Lucy did it and it is when they did it. Um, but Lucy just kind of still ships with all the extensions, right? You actually kind of have to go out of your way to get Lucy light. The Adobe War is basically sort of the Adobe Lite version. It comes with like none of the modules installed. Um, I, I think the administrator module might come, but other than that, I mean, it's not even debugging module. It's actually really annoyed me. You can't even enable robust exception information on your error page until you go install the debugging module, which I think was a little silly, um, but that's another story. Um, so you got to use the CFPM tool to install things like the feed plugin, which, you know, Coldbox has a CF feed tag in it, so it won't even compile unless you have the feed plugin installed. Um, and so in the in the command box 5.2 release that happened um, this week, I added a little helper for CFPM, because CFPM is basically like a shell script or a batch file, depending on your operating system, that's sort of buried deep in your server home, CFusion bin, blah, blah, blah. And so you can dig down and find it and run it, but it's not super convenient. So the, the newest version of command box has just a top level command called CFPM. Well, it's actually server CFPM, but it's alias. Um, and so if you're in the web root of an Adobe ColdFusion 2021 server in command box, you can just type CFPM command box who knows, I say who, it's not like it's a person, uh, command box, which knows where the server lives, will go and find that CFPM script for you and will run it. So it'll open up the shell right there, or you can just type CFPM install feed or install debugger or whatever the, the packages you want to install. Um, and we're kind of thinking through how to automate a little bit better the packages. I'd like to have some kind of convention and like your box.json or server.json or something where you can declare the dependencies that your code needs. So it can just be part of like the box install or maybe part of the server start. Not really sure how to do it. So for now, you're still going to manually install that stuff. Yeah. Um, the good thing is um, the error messages in 2021 are pretty self-explanatory. So if you try to use a tag that isn't available because the package isn't installed, the error message will tell you this is what you need to install to do it. Not a big deal. Go run CFPM install, blah, and you'll be up. In fact, you don't even need to restart ColdFusion, which is very nice. They're using OSGI wow. behind the scenes like Lucy is, so those bundles can just be dynamically loaded on the fly. So you don't even need to restart the server. You can just install the packages. Um and then I mentioned Coldbox is not working. Um, even if you install the, the feed package so Coldbox compiles, there's two, maybe three, um, at least two different bug reports we've seen for both uh, Coldbox and Testbox. Oh, I need to add the Testbox bug report link on this blog post. Um, there's some things that looks like they worked in the public beta of 2020. Um, but with the final release of 2021, there were some regressions. So the cold box, just like basic app template won't even run. There's some scoping things that don't quite work right. Um, so I'll try to keep this blog post updated with the known tickets that the uh, Adobe, Adobe engineers are working on. And hopefully the first updater of 2021 will actually work with cold box apps and with test box, but we'll. We'll keep you guys posted on that. And we did test them. We were testing with the betas. We were a part of that program, and it was working, we swear, <laughs> until it released. Yeah, well, it didn't work in the alpha, but I reported the bugs, and they yeah. fixed it for, like, the next alpha, and then it, it was okay in the beta, and then the final came out. And, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, unfortunately, wanna... there's not much we could have done differently there. Yep, that's the the joy of a, a new release. But there is a lot of good stuff, and so yeah, that that blog post you release is good. Now I know that with the CF config, not sorry, the CF config, their setup tool, they have a CF setup or whatever as well. Mm-hmm. There's they have very similar versions and uh, anyway, but. If you're using command box stuff already, CF config, etc., just keep using it. But they do have some stuff that bridges the gap for those who don't. But I know that they have a, you know, like a, a scan your code and install if you need it option. And can yeah. we t- I wonder if we could tie into that because they have an option where you just like scan it and then it'll give you back a list. But you can also just say scan and install. It'll scan, um, find the list and install automatically. I think that's a cool parlor trick. I don't think it's necessarily something I would want to automate. I, li- I would yeah. prefer to be a bit more explicit. Um, because it's not something you want to do every time for sure. But um, sorry, I was looking. I wanted to try to see if I could. Um, I wanted to see what the option was for it because I I had seen the option the other day and I hadn't actually um ran the uh, ran the tool to see how it worked because it was in CFPM. Let's see if I can remember what it was called. Uh, if I run the help command, CFPM has its own little help command inside of it. Um, here we go. Scan. Here we go. Scans code at a given path and finds all packages to be installed. And it looks like it accepts a code base path and a CF server URL. Why does it need a server URL? Huh. There's also a scan and install. I need yeah. to play with them. I haven't tried either of them. I, I've played a bit with the packages, and there, there's JSON files behind the scenes that kind of define what the packages are. Because um, one of the things I was trying to figure out is, you know, should there be some like preset options we could try to bake in? That's like this is a Coldbox app. Install everything that you'll need, or you know, install everything that ColdFusion 2018 had, or something. Yeah. Because um, there's all kinds of stuff you wouldn't necessarily want to install. They have, you know, all the Lambda stuff as its own package, and I love that. It's great, right? You only install it if you need it. But, um, and I'm still kind of torn. I, the whole like scan and install stuff is cool, maybe to like discover it. But I still like the idea of sort of explicitly listing those somewhere yeah. in one of your configuration files. Well, but. what about your box to JSON? Um, you know, we have a box to JSON in your in your modules, and you know, when you go to install the module, you could maybe flag that it needs to be installed. Or well, yeah, because so yeah, you have a good point. Because if you have a, a, a simple uh, website, right, and Nothing it's just your code, yep. it, it's fairly straight. For because you could have something in, in like your server.json or whatever that lists the modules and command box could look for that and it could automatically run CFPM for you. But what if you install some random third party, you know, cold box module off a of forge box or whatever, some third party package from some dude on the internet and that package requires something that, that you didn't know about? Um, you don't want to have to be like a, a whack-a-mole game every time you, you know, grab a package. It'd be great for, for packages to be self-describing, like you said, mm-hmm. where the box.json says, I require these things to run, some of which happen to be Adobe ColdFusion, you know, packages, which, yeah. you know... We could have I the Lucy figure. extensions, too, because some of the Lucy extensions are required, And you right? can do that. You can do that right now with Lucy, um, though there are a few caveats. You can you can put Lucy extensions in your box.json as dependencies, and if you run box install in a working directory of a Lucy server, command box will install those extensions into the Lucy server. Um, there's some chicken and egg problems where if you run the install prior to starting the server, then command box doesn't know about the server because it didn't exist yet. And I kind of had the same issues 
here as well. Yeah. You know, what if you haven't started the server yet and you're on the box install first? But I love the idea of packages being fully self-describing. You know, that box.json contains all the metadata necessary for that code to be able to run, not you doing a bunch of manual stuff or having to scan your code base every time to see what, you know, new functionalities have cropped up. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the way we should go. But like you say, the details of it are a little tricky we're getting there. But yeah, yeah if you guys got feedback, let us know. And uh, yeah, definitely keep reporting those bugs. I thought that test box one was pretty interesting with the name parameters that someone brought up the other day. Was it Brock? Yeah, yeah, that was the other bug is they were getting some parsing errors saying that they were mixing positional name parameters or something, even though they weren't. It's code that ran on 2018 and 2016, but it errored out in 2021. Um Oh, I sidetracked myself. Uh, it was uh, Mark. Um, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Bockenstead. I've never actually said his name out loud. Um, but it was on the uh, on the box team Slack. He had yeah. just put in this ticket for um, the test box bug he'd run into. And I think John Wish or somebody had said they had also seen the same error, but just kind of shrugged and, and moved on because they weren't on 2021 yet. I'm going to edit that blog post right now live on the air and i want to add in a link to this ticket as well just so people can keep track of the the yeah. known issues right now with box products yep sounds go. like a good thing so we have talked a lot about it but there's a lot more to be said about it in the uh, charlie's blog post we got the link to your command box one as well as the official adobe release blog post as well and a lot of great content coming out uh, with sea of summit too Okay, so we'll move on so we don't speak for a whole hour just about that. Uh, we did already mention that Command Box 5.2 was released, so we've been in uh, basically for months working on the, the 5.2 release, and I think you said it was a month of RC testing, so a lot of improvements. Yeah, about a month a went by with the release candidate, and I got a lot of good feedback, so I'm glad I did the release candidate. Yep, and I know we snuck in a few things, like you said, for the uh, CFPM, etc., so a lot of good stuff in there, um, so we'll share that. Um, the release notes in the show notes as well. well. I do want to point out, I mentioned it in the in the blog post. Um, there are more than one um, security enhancement slash fix slash thing in Command Box 5.2 uh, that covers several of the different libraries that we use. Um, and you will want to upgrade as soon as possible to 5.2 because there's a handful of things that are fixed. I don't like talking about security stuff. Um, well, I don't like giving details about security things, um, but there are um, several things in there that may expose you depending on how you're using it or what how you have your server locked down. Um, so there's a lot of library updates in there, Lucy and Undertow and some changes to how we're configuring them. So I definitely recommend you update to 5.2 as soon as possible, even if you don't care about the new features, um, just for the security updates. Sounds good. Good word of warning. And there okay. should be some information coming out in the community soon, hopefully, cross your fingers, that will uh, explain at least one of the security issues I'm talking about right now. I have some insider knowledge. Oh. Brad's on the know. Okay. I like to think I am anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next up, we had another uh, big release. So Fusion Reactor 8.6.0 was released this week, fresh off the press. And uh, this fully supports a Cold Fusion 2021 now. So um, 
It also um, adds some extra, uh, so the, the Adobe Performance Monitor module, you'll see all the uh, Fusion Metrics and Fusion Reactor now as well. And apparently if you're a C-Fusion user, you can now use C-Fusion and Fusion Reactor on the same <laughs> server. So Interesting. They must have conflicted. Yeah. I haven't used C-Fusion in a very long time. Yeah, I know it's it's got its popularity. Isn't that the is an Australian brand? I forget where that one comes from. C Fusion, no, that's WebApper. They're based WebApper. out of Colorado. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, Web WebApper made C Fusion as an internal tool for their consulting, and then they started selling it. I used to use it a ton um, back in the day. <clears throat> Say, I had, I was using Fusion Reactor on the alphas and betas of Cold Fusion twenty twenty one. And it didn't error, but it looks like they've actually just added some some more specific support that digs in and gets some some data out of it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, because the performance monitor is one of the big things that everyone loves about 2018 and now 2021, and so if Fusion Reactor can tie into that and actually pull that in and just build on top of what they're already doing. That's pretty neat. Um, that is cool. And like you have mentioned in the show notes, if you're using the Command Box Fusion Reactor module. You don't need to update anything. Just restarting your server will probably pull the the newest version if it hasn't already. Um, so it's yeah. automatic well, if you're a command box user. Yep. So automatic when they first uploaded it, we actually got an error because the 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 S three <laughs> bundle wasn't completely uploaded and finished. Yeah, the, we got it. <laughs> the, I guess so. the permissions, the default permissions changed on their public S three bucket, and so the download for Fusion Reactor three point six wasn't accessible. And as soon as they pushed the release to ForgeBox people started getting servers that were airing out because it couldn't download the fusion reactor. So it's instant. So instant. Every once in a while you hit a snag, but yeah, no, it was, it was good though. I mean, it's nice that it updates that quickly and most of the time it's seamless. Obviously it's three security sometimes <laughs> it, yeah. it happens, but, uh, they were Johnny on the spot, fixed it before we had. A oh chance. yeah. They had it fixed in like 20 minutes. So I, I pinged a couple of the guys and it was, it was taken care of right away. So good on yeah. the fusion reactor guys for getting that straightened out. Yep, for sure. And then uh, the Lucy spreadsheet library, uh, 2.12.2 was released, which includes a couple of uh, fixes for Adobe Cold Fusion 2021. Uh, and you can still use it mm -hmm. with 2016 plus, et cetera. So. Yeah, 2021 moved a couple jars out of the class path. They probably became OSGI bundles now. Lucy 5 had the same sort of issue. And so the Lucy spreadsheet library just assumes some of these Apache jars, I think, would be in the class path and they're no longer there. So mm -hmm. now it, it bundles them. Yeah, and so obviously it is called the Lucy Spreadsheet Library, but you can use it with Adobe. <laughs> Surprise, works on both. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of neat that they, they do that. It's good for those, you know, compatibility issues and, and whatnot, so. Okay, so we also had um, a reschedule. So um, we're supposed to have the Seattle CFUG um, Deep Dive Thinkific API session November the 11th last week, right after our podcast, and they rescheduled it um, into December. So they had something come up, and so they're, that's now going to be Wednesday, December the 9th, uh, same time, 6 to 7.30 PST, same link and everything, so we'll post that in the show notes for you, and then you guys can check that out as well. Okay. And then in case you missed it, uh, last week, Adam Tuttle um, built on top of the API series that they have going in the online CF meetup with Charlie Earhart. And he had the Using Taffy API live coding and fireside chat with Adam Tuttle. And so that now is uh, posted. I will share the, the meeting and the recording on the, on the chat here for those watching live. And of course, it'll be in the show notes as well. So definitely check that out. Check out another REST API framework and see how it's doing it. 
So a lot of good content, a lot of it uh, taken over by CF Summit this week, but we'll talk about that as we get to conferences here in a minute. But next up, we have some CFCast content updates. We actually have a few updates about CFCast as well as the content. So um, they've done a major Yeah, they actually update. pushed a new version of the website, didn't they? Yeah, so they've got a few different features. Um, so videos can now be filtered by language because now we support English and Spanish videos, which is... Yeah, the way that's worded, it sounds like you can filter out cussing or something. <laughs> Do you have... How much language are in your videos, Gavin? <laughs> uh, not very much, and it's definitely not American English. <laughs> but uh, also, um, the user's language preference is saved in their profile, so you don't have to keep changing it every time you come back to the site. Um, and they've also added a level field to the, the series, so you can look to see what difficulty there is. And there's a few other features out there too, but those are the main three. Um, so, you know, give us some feedback. Do you like those updates? Are we missing something? Is something can make the site better? Uh, definitely let us know. But they also have another little uh, ease or like a little teaser here. Before the month comes to an end, we have a surprise for you. Uh, they say the Zero to Hero workshop videos will be published this month. They didn't say which Zero to Hero workshop video, so I'm not sure which one. They, they didn't are. say which month. Oh. Come December, it'll still be this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, they posted on Twitter this in November, so I'm assuming. Like, kind of like saying tomorrow's only a day away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So they've got some Zero to Hero videos, the workshops coming out, but I'm not sure if it's Command Box or Cold Box. So you'll have to wait and see, but. Um, we had two more videos in the CF Config series, which finally comes to an end. So Grant's done a great job with this CF Config series. And the last two are service layers and then practical uses and wrap up. So service layer. I thought you said server slayer. I'm like, yeah, what is this? Like vampires <laughs> or something? <laughs> so, server slayer. So yeah, so those last two happen. videos, I think he has 13 uh, in the series now. So a lot of good content. Um, and yeah, let us know if you want us to dive deeper into one of those, uh, topics, you know, Brad can talk for days on any one of those things. So, mm. but it's legend uh, has it. I'm still talking somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But it was good to have Grant go through it. You know, obviously Brad built it. So he knows it inside and out to so have someone else give a fresh perspective is really neat. Um, so thanks Grant for that. And he's already got his next series, you know, planned out. So we'll see what he has coming up soon. And I think I'm supposed to be working on a what's new in Command Box 5.2 series that'll eventually trickle its way into CFCast. So that's nothing more than a, I should do that at this point, but have a yep. bunch of ideas in my head that I'll probably work on soon. Very cool. Okay, let's get to conferences and training. So as we mentioned, Adobe Cold Fusion Summit 2020 was this week. So it was uh, the 17th and 18th of November. It was online. It was free. And more information was available through cfsummit.adobeevents.com. So according to the, the software they use, they use vconfigs, which is a virtual conference software, uh, virtual conference experience software. And experience. It, it looked pretty neat. Uh, you know, it was similar in some ways to what we use for Into the Box. Um they had, you know, a, a playroom so people could go play games. They had a networking area, an exhibit area. You could share information. They had uh, two, two basic, um, you know, I guess auditoriums to actually watch the presentations. Um, so it was pretty neat. I, I liked the overall feel of it. You could go check out the sponsor booths, and all of us had a sponsor booth. So we had, uh, you know, Paulina and Gatto in there answering questions and. 
And so it, it worked pretty well. And they had 3,036 total attendees during the week. That's a lot. It, so, yeah. Is that, I wonder if that's registration or actual people that showed up. That's people that logged in. And you could actually see at any point who was in that, how many was in that room you're in, how many were in the actual conference, and how many total attended at one point see, or another. We only have like 500 every year that comes out in person for Vegas. I want to see all 3,000 people live in Vegas, Gavin. Well, I know they Come limit on. it too. Like in Vegas, they, they have a max of 500. And so that's usually Ooh, for... Bring um, them all. I think we should get more. But yeah, definitely online made a difference. And one of the interesting things was is that this, the times were all over the place. You know, they had... Uh, well, there's two parts to that, but the first part is they had a lot of different times for different time zones. So they had a uh, like David Tattersall from Fusion Reactor doing one early, early morning Pacific times, which would be more European time friendly. They had a couple uh, sessions that were more India time friendly, but that was one of the big complaints is on the conference software, it, it didn't allow for multiple time zones. So when you looked at it, everything was in Indian time zone. So IST. And so it was 13 and a half hours behind or no in front of our pacific time so i was having to do some crazy math just to figure it out the the cf summit website had the right agenda times and everything and that worked better um but yeah i mean overall it went pretty well they had a few technical difficulties but all the recordings should be coming out next week so uh, a lot of good content that i saw a lot that i didn't get a chance to see so i'm looking forward to to catching up on a lot more of that next week so I know that uh, there's a couple of good sessions that I did get to see. I saw Matthew Clemente's, which he had some technical difficulties and had to cut a little bit short, but his presentation on task box, uh, command box task runners and stuff was really good. Um, Brian Class's presentations are always amazing. Uh, and Charlie's Hidden Gems was really good too. So um, yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. So uh, a lot of good content. Uh, a lot of cool things that I, I didn't really know was in 2021. You know, the hidden gems do uncover a lot of things from Charlie's reading 700 pages of documentation. There was quite a bit of stuff in 2021. Um, actually, uh, I was going to talk about um, all the new features that we're gathering up for Lucy to implement, but I thought maybe you already grabbed my tweet on that. No, actually, I missed that tweet, but yeah, oh. go ahead and say. So. Uh, I'm just going to say, I, I created the first go at uh, a Google Doc, which we do every time Adobe has a big release for Lucy for all the compatibility enhancements to match the new 2021 features. Um, and there really was quite a nice, solid list of just pure language enhancements, because um, Lucy doesn't usually touch a lot of the larger, enterprise-y, cloudy, integration-y things. Um, but all the, the language enhancements, you know, new functions, new member methods, any new syntaxes, um, Lucy always jumps on those. And so uh, I was pretty pleased just going through all of her docs and, you know, building up a big list. And uh, Misha's actually already jumped onto that. And some of the new array functions like pop and push and stuff like that um, are actually already on the Lucy 538 Bleeding Edge uh, build, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I know a lot of people looking forward to like the spread operators and stuff like that. You know, a lot of the JavaScript people want to see, you know, similar functions. And I know I always have to like translate in my head. Okay, wait a minute. Is that function a cold fusion function or a JavaScript function? And how do I do it in this language? Yeah, so. Eric and I were talking about it internally the other day because I was questioning if all of them made sense in cold fusion. Some of them I think make a lot of sense. Other ones I'm like, well, I don't know. Because um, I was saying like the spread stuff 
just felt like we'd reinvented argument collection. But, you know, Eric was saying, yeah, if you did more JavaScript code, you'd appreciate it, though. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. But, yep, so it was a good conference, uh, a little different. Obviously, we're looking forward to in-person. Uh, it was really kind of sad not to be able to catch up with everybody in person like we usually do, um, but uh, it was still a good event. So thanks to Adobe for putting it on, making it free, and, yeah, a lot of good content. And even those uh, who showed up for my panel uh, on modernizing CFML, uh, you know, that went pretty well. We had a, a good little group there. So... Uh, check that out if you want to hear me fluff on about why we should modernize cold fusion but, uh, but yeah so okay well just because cf summit's finished doesn't mean you you can't take their training they have the adobe cold fusion certification <laughs> online now and you don't have to take it around the conference so um we'll share the links for that so you can uh, find out more about it and register and i the introductory offer is still good last time i looked so that's only 4.99 for that so check that out. But don't worry, we still got more conferences coming at you. So we have a three-week, yes, three-week virtual free what? AWS conference. The reInvent conference, which is the premium AWS conference, starts November 30th and goes to December 18th. So it's virtual, three weeks of amazing content. How much content are they doing every day? A lot. But I mean, all I know is that they usually have like sixty to seventy thousand people show up to their conferences, and I mean it's nuts. Oh. So definitely check that out if you're looking at AWS. Uh, dive in deep; they have a, a huge array of content there. So definitely check that That's out. And it's insane. three weeks, so you've got plenty of time I, to absorb it. When we used to do the Ordus Developers Week, we would do you know a week of stuff, and we'd have like four or five sessions a day. You know, we'd notice that attendance would drop off quite a bit over the course of the week because, you know, people just don't have time to sit and watch sessions, you know, for more than like a few days in a row. But I guess if they're drawing from a pool of tens of thousands of people, then people will probably just pick and choose what, they, what they're interested in. Yeah, That's for sure. Cool. I mean, it's definitely a, a big amount of stuff. I mean, they've got a lot of content. And I mean, just the tracks, if I can share my screen. Did I check my screen before I did this here? I'm, I'm, sure I'm already sure looking at it now on my screen. <laughs> oh, I got the wrong screen. I better fix that. But uh, yeah, they have a, a lot of good tracks, a lot of good content. Um, I found it. There we go. Agenda. There I knew go. it. They have an agenda. Yeah. This year's will, quote, follow the sun, end quote. Yep, so Alexa, AWS, Analytics, Application Integration, Artificial Intelligence, Blockchain. Okay. Oh, they got Blockchain. Their you know, broadcast will repeat to serve multiple time zones. So basically, they're going to be playing a lot of the content over and over again, and you just pick the time zone that works for you. Must all be pre-recorded. Yeah, kind of crazy. There's definitely plenty in there. Um, but yeah, you can focus by industry, focus by topic. Um, you know, or role. Uh, they've got a lot of different content. Definitely should check it out. Um, it's hmm. their agenda assumes everyone in the Americas is in Pacific Standard Time. I guess us flyover country and East Coast just doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of good content again, free. And this is not usually a free conference. It's usually a very expensive conference, and I think it's usually five days in person. Um, so definitely. Definitely worth checking out. Um, I'm going to be looking at some of it. Uh, AWS, a lot of good content. And you have to dive deep to, to get to the bottom of it because there's 
what, 200 services now? Last year they announced another 60 something services or something. So I don't know. It's ridiculous how much, how many different things you can do with Amazon. Okay. Nice. Well, so next up, we have another conference into the box LATAM. So that will be coming at you here uh, December 3rd and 4th. And if you can't read this, uh, you can change English. So Google Translate will help you with that. Um, <laughs> only $7 to subscribe. Um, and that way you can get two days of content. And if we scroll down, I think we even see the Mr. Brad Wood. We have Luis Mahano, uh, Abilio. We have Davis. We got a lot of uh, Javier, Jorge, Paulina. Um, so a lot of good content coming at you. Uh, definitely recommend checking it out. Um, I know a lot of people who are in our Spanish speaking countries are great to have some content in their native tongue. So uh, I know we're, we're proud to present that. So third and fourth, only $7. Uh, definitely sign up, check that out. Okay. We have another thing in this is kind of on the sneaky down low. I only, it was hard to find this information, but we have a, another online training this time by Pete Freitag. So he's doing his cold fusion security training and it's going to be December 10th and 11th. So he's got 11 AM to 2 PM. Uh, and those are in Eastern standard times. So two, three hour blocks so six hours in total. Um, but, this is a great training. Uh, I've taken this one before. Uh, everyone who takes this one is really impressed by Pete and two usually leave the sessions extremely scared and want to go back and fix their servers as soon as they can. So, uh, he's got a lot of great products and, uh, he'll probably show you Fixinator, fuse guard, uh, a few different things like that. And it's a great, great workshop. So I highly recommend uh, doing this. And if you, buy before December 1st, uh, you can save $125 for the look of it. So only four seventy five, which, which is a good deal. So definitely recommend that. Um, uh, and obviously here video recordings, you can be purchased if you'd pr prefer to just do the on-demand training instead. So, um, I really enjoyed this. Have you taken this one, Brad? I know we obviously seen Pete many conferences and many times. I don't think. I've sat down and taken it from start to end, but I think I've seen a lot of the content over the years from different sessions and clips of things that I've seen of him. But I mean, it's all really good. Yeah. I like how he shows a lot of examples, like, you know, actual examples of cold fusion code and here's how you hack it. And then here's the fix. And now it's not hackable. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, when I otherwise you, you don't want to be just guessing, like, is my code secure? You know, uh, you want to be able to actually tell if your code has a problem and then, you know, make sure you fixed it. So I yeah. appreciate that angle. Yeah, and when, when I took it, he had like a Docker image of like a bank, you know, and you basically work through trying to secure the bank. And it was kind of neat. Like you had a little story and yeah, you had all the different scenarios. And it was kind of neat to see all those different, you know, OWASP top 10 type, you know, vulnerabilities see what they actually are you know sometimes you read them and you're like oh okay i know that's bad but what is it actually doing or how would you actually do it and just to mm -hmm. actually do it and it was a pretty cool experience i liked it I, I learned a bit it was kind of fun to reinforce a lot of the things we do like oh yeah we are doing that right good okay <laughs> so it was, it was pretty neat so so yeah so a lot of good uh, content still coming your way before the end of the year um Let's get on to the next, because we've got lots of blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Better so, hurry up then. 
Yeah. So first up, we, we already talked about the fusion reactor being released, but they have a nice blog post uh, so you can check out a little bit more about it. Uh, as we mentioned, it was released on the 18th of November. A lot of good things. And they do some work with Elastic uh, Cache too. Yep. Elastic Search. So uh, that was pretty neat. So they uh, what was the... it they did? Because I I asked them to do a couple things, and I'm curious if well, they support they did the, the Jest Elasticsearch Java client and uh, the official yeah, yeah. Elasticsearch that's, Java RIS client. That's what I asked them for. So uh, what that means is I'm excited about that one. Um, what that means is um, Fusion Reactor will track um, HTTP calls. It'll do it at a couple different levels. It'll track the actual like CFHTP tag in Cold Fusion, but just at a low level kind of JVM, it will track um, like the Apache HTTP library. So any Java code that uses that HTTP library will show up as like, if you look in the relations tab for one of your web requests, you'll see that HTTP call as a relation. Um, but we use Elasticsearch in, in several of our apps and our clients do, and it used a Jest HTTP library behind the scenes, which Fusion Reactor didn't track. Um, so it was harder to get data on your on your Elasticsearch calls. And so that was a request I'd put in a while back for them is can you guys support that? So huge thanks to them for adding that in. Because um, now that means our, our CFML apps that are using that Elasticsearch SDK that funnels through that Java library, that Jest library, will now show up as proper uh, relationships and sub-transactions. I'm super excited to hear that. I hadn't actually noticed that. Yep, and that version has a few bug fixes, a lot of improvements, and you know all these new features too. So, pretty cool. So, find out more about it there. And then uh, we also had the blog post from you about Command Box five point two being released. So we've discussed that one a bit already. So we'll yep, skip read over it and that upgrade. One. That's what you need to know. Do it. Yep. And then uh, we also mentioned briefly your uh, your little blog post about new functions in ColdFusion twenty twenty one. And so you find out more about all these here. So there's a lot of information in here. Uh, so there's some of the new array methods you're talking about, etc. So yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different things in there. Definitely should check that out. And that was a uh, part of your command box, forge box blog post. And so for those who haven't seen it, so talks about forge box, yep. cfconfig the changes in CFPM. So we kind of went over this, but it's a good outline here. And that's the new link you just added, right? Edited live um, on the show. Yeah, that's the blog post. I just added that Adobe link to, you were correct. Cool, cool. So, okay. So we also had some other people uh, talking. So Ben Adele had a few Angular posts this week, but we got a couple of Cold Fusion ones here as well. Okay, so this one's kind of a fun one. So he added a couple of functions, differ and differ no case. Uh, he basically made them built-in functions using extensions in Lucy. And so he talked about how compare does that weird thing where if it's the same, they return a zero because there's no differences. Um, and so it's a falsy value. And so if you do a, you know, try and compare these two strings, are they the same? It gives you a false when you expect maybe a true if they're the same. Um, so he basically made some functions. Um, and then use the Lucy extensions to add them as built-in functions. So he has one saying differ, and then, you know, basically returns a not. So basically this way it returns more of a, what you expect. And then he also made a function for different OKs. But what I really liked about this, obviously this is kind of a neat little thing, but, you know, he sort of talks about how to actually go about taking that file, uh, and then creating, um, 
creating a Lucy extension. So he has a differ extension LEX. Uh, basically, he loaded into the server, restarted the server, and now his functions are available, you know, globally in the CFML runtime. So that's pretty neat. Um, I just I like being able to see that and show people how easy it is to basically make ColdFusion, you know, a little bitter. Uh, the Lucy extensions are pretty neat. So Brad, if somebody wants to build their own like this, uh, and they have their legs now, do we have to register that? Like, how does the the Lucy extension work with ForgeBox? I know we can install them, like you said, through ForgeBox. So how does it work for yeah, your custom so, ones? What do you have to do? So you would just need to publish it to ForgeBox like you would any other package. You can use the ForgeBox CLI for it. And you would set the type in the box.json to be, I think it's like Lucy hyphen extensions or something um, is the type. You can get the types off the ForgeBox site to confirm. Um, and then when you do that, it'll automatically show up in anybody's Lucy administrator if they're on Lucy 5.3 or later, um, because Lucy 5.3 automatically includes all of the packages of type Lucy extension on ForgeBox um, as it, it adds ForgeBox as an extension provider. So anybody on Lucy 5.3 or up would be able to see your extension show up in the admin. They can click a button they can install it and they can also specify the ID of the extension in their box.json as an explicit dependency that command box will install when you're on box install. And if the Lucy server is already there, command box will install it for you in the deploy folder. Um, so I don't, I don't, I doubt that, uh, that Ben put his stuff on forge. No, he didn't. And that's what I was like, just what's the missing piece there. So he showed how to do it, load into the server. But I mean, yeah, well, there, there's what... a page in the command box docs that basically like holds your hands through the few simple steps of publishing a, a Lucy extension. It's the page is right here. It's called publishing Lucy extensions to ForgeBox, and it's it's bloody simple. You just need to set up the type and then just publish it. It's like literally all you need to do. I have examples in here. There's a bunch of advanced properties that are all optional, but here I'll add this um, to the show note just since we mentioned it. Yeah, and I expect Ben to to read that and get his stuff put up on ForgeBox. It's it's crazy simple, and then anybody in the world can install your extension with just a single click. Yeah, and one of the things he was concerned about is you know if someone sees that in your code and you're like, well, what's different? And they go to CF Docs and it's not there, and it's kind of an invisible built-in function. And so Zach said that an extension detail page in the admin should show which tags or functions the extension implements. You know, a summary page of what functions are available via the extensions would be good too. Like maybe that could be a nice pull request for Lucy. I think that might be nice. And maybe there's a way, I mean, I know that Lucy has some self-documentation. Like I wonder if there's a way to, you know, almost have like a self-documentation uh, of all your extensions. You know, if there's some built-in way to like pull that out and make it available in the admin to see what's there or something. See, Lucy had a thing in the admin that I thought documented all the tags i'm trying to recall off the top of my head if it was something that was just on by default or if uh, it was something you had to install i'm looking in a lucy admin right now to see if it's see if i can find it maybe that was an extension that that provided the docs i can't recall off the top of my head now because hmm. i was i was i was curious if that did exist if, yeah, I know um, the built-in Lucy stuff generates like that. But yeah, I was wondering if there was a way in your extension to allow documentation. I, I can't find... Maybe I'm imagining or maybe it's something that got taken back out. I don't recall off the top of my head. I just remember Misha talking about it once, having somewhere where you could pull up docs for all the functions and tags in the Lucy administrator. 
And I was curious if that would include functions that came through an extension. That would be neat if it did. For the life of me, I can't find that. And maybe it was something that was removed or wasn't on by default. Um, Zach may even remember off the top of his head. Yep, so yeah, that would be that would be one way potentially you could look up a, a function and find out that it came from an extension. Yeah, so maybe theory. Zach, if you're listening, uh, see if you remember. Otherwise, uh, Brad leaves some homework for you. Add it to the yeah, pile because I don't have anything else to do. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you can finally admit it. So next up, uh, we had a Forgebox release 5.4. So Forgebox has been Ooh. updated, and one of the things I like about this is not only is it just you know, a useful update for those using Forgebox, but it kind of gives you a little uh, insight into what we actually build inside of, you know, our app. So Forgebox, you know, we talked about ColdFusion, uh, Coldbox 6. And so we're talking about why we updated and, you know, and you can see here like our page rendering speeds have increased by 27% because we went for Coldbox 6 and the rendering updates. Um, you know, we're talking about using CB security too. So this is just kind of, you know, for those looking, looking for modern apps and everything, this sort of gives you a little bit of feedback and information into like how we build our apps. And so there's some features here for those who use Forgebox, but also, you know, it gives you a little taste of what we're actually using under the covers too. So, uh, there's quite a lot of cool features in here. There's some really nice performance updates they push that I really like. Um, they added some indexes, they tweaked some some uh, performance stuff just to do as little work as possible to get the listings out. So Forgebox is, is snappier now after the latest update, and I really like that. Yep, and you can see the new features, improvements, and bugs listed right on the, the blog post there. So kind of neat. Okay, uh, we also had a, a blog post from Charlie, as we mentioned, about the many new and improved features in Cold Fusion 2021. So you can see on the site, carehow.org. You can see this here, and he has updates as well. So he's going back and changing this here. Um, so a lot of a lot of good information, as I mentioned. And he breaks it down, categorizes it, as you said, talks about which uh, you know what pages to look at, etc. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a really thorough blog post, as we can expect from Charlie. So well, what's funny is Charlie apparently had written this blog post and then pushed it out, not knowing that Cold Fusion twenty twenty was released, just putting it out as a general informational blog post. And then he turned around and saw that they had just released ColdFusion 2020 that day. So then he updated at the top as like, update, it's actually released now. <laughs> yeah, I think they released it uh, early November 11th uh, Eastern time. So I believe mm -hmm. his post was right before that. Uh, Maybe yeah. they were just sitting around and waiting for Charlie to finally make that post. <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, here it is. Charlie made the post, guys. Push the button. Yeah. So, and then there's also uh, another little blog post from David Byers uh, to do with Adobe 2021 as well. This one referring more to the Docker images. So talking about how they've updated and uh, how he basically went and you know updated his code to clean up and use the 2021 versions instead of the 2018 he'd been using previously. Uh, and so this is pretty interesting. And I think some of this talks about the package that you need, et cetera. So these show some of those error messages you mentioned. So we walk through some of that. So even in the Docker, uh, you can see how to, you know, install those right images because they have some, uh, some preferences for when you're using Docker to make sure all the right extensions are installed, et cetera. So a nice blog post there from David. And we of course have the official one from Adobe releasing the 2021 version. And so, 
We'll see what time and date that was actually released. It was November the 11th, so 11-11. But yeah, so talks these sort of the the main points, you know, talking about cloud, and they've got a lot of work with AWS and Azure, modularization, lightweight installer, NoSQL database support, SAML. That's a big thing for a lot of people is the integration with SAML uh, logins, the CF setup configuration tool. Uh, it was kind of funny in the keynote, though. Everyone was saying, oh, well, look, they finally copied what Brad did four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of the, like the CF config kind of stuff is definitely stuff that if you're if you're living in the, in the, in the command box ecosystem, it's something you've been doing for a while. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, a lot of good content, a lot of it centered around Adobe 2021, but a lot of other good stuff out there, too, so... Okay, well, let's get into the find a job because we actually had five new job posts this week. So we had a freelance Cold Fusion Lucy developer position in Dolores County, Colorado. We had a full time (coughs) Cold Fusion developer at Littles, Pennsylvania. We had a full time Cold Fusion developer position available in London. There's actually two there, maybe the same company. I need to check on that one. And then we had a full-time senior Cold Fusion developer at the Tadalek Corporation of Rock V. So it might be just cut off there, but that's uh, another US posting. So uh, that's all from getcfmiljobs.com. So right now they have uh, let's see, quite a few good postings there. If you go back, um, they've got, oh wow, they've got a new one today. I didn't even see it yet. Uh, Cold Fusion developer immediate joiners only. Bangalore, India. So that one's brand new. I didn't even get it on the list, so we'll have to update nice. that. So yeah, quite coming a few, to you live, folks. Yep, quite a few job posts recently, and I see it goes back a couple of months here, but uh, a lot of good job opportunities. So definitely check out getcfmiljobs.com. Auto Solutions has still got their application available online, so if you'd like to to throw your hat in the ring for a job at Autos. We have a lot of cool projects and cool customers we work with and a lot of smart people, uh, except for us, right, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the U.S. time zone availability is a must, and U.S. and U.S. citizen or resident or work visa is a must, too. A lot of our projects require that, so that is one of our requirements. But uh, a lot of good information. You can find out some more of the requirements and you know some of the things you might better do. And like I said, it's... Uh, a great experience working for Autos. I've been working for them for over five years now, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Uh, and yeah, so it's definitely worth checking out if you're looking or possibly looking for a job. Apply and uh, throw your hat in the ring. Okay, so next up, we have our Forgebox module of the week. And this one might look like something we did a couple weeks back, but it's a little different. So Don't be confused. It's different. So yeah, this Amazon S3 SDK Explorer. So I think we did this about a month ago. Uh, you know, it's just a, a little tool to help help you browse your S3 buckets. A little SDK allowed to do that. But the last one was by Audis, and that Audis one is actually a little older. And so this one is something that George Murphy has been released, and he's been working on it. And there's been a couple other contributors as well. And so what he's done is he's actually given some big updates. You'll see Lucid has actually done some work here as well. Um, but basically the the goal with this one is to update it. So now it's running on Coldbox 6. 
uh, has cool. all new Bootstrap uh, for UI bug fixes, and uh, they're actually working on getting some new Content Box updates as well. So you should be able to transport files with uh, Content Box and use Content Box permissions to be able to, you know, lock down folders and/or shared folders. So, um, so they're working on that, but. So it's more of an updated version. So if you guys have looked at the the oldest version of the S3 uh, Explorer, uh, this one is working on it. And like I said, George and uh, some of the Lucid guys are making some updates to it now. So um, if you want a fresher version, definitely check that one out. And that one's uh, just S3 SDK Explorer available on ForgeBox. Uh, so I wanted to share that. And yeah, definitely check that one out. So next up, we had um, something for our VS Code hint, tip and trick of the week. And this one was submitted by uh, Scott Steinbeck. Thanks, Scott, for uh, letting us know about these. It's hard to keep up with all this stuff. But this one, it's got a big name. But it's the Tab 9 Autocomplete AI. So it has lots of languages. It mentions JavaScript, Python, TypeScript, PHP. HTML, Java, Rust, SQL, whatever. There's a lot of stuff in here, but basically its job is to give you better code completions using AI. It works for all programming languages using the most advanced machine hmm. learning models to boost productivity and save time for developers. So the short of it is, is they basically just give you expert uh, autocomplete. And so what it does is they actually tied it into GitHub and they had it basically go and just like scan hundreds of thousands of repos and evaluate it and everything. And so basically it does all this high tech stuff that I don't understand, uh, but it tries to give you more predictive and better. So when you start typing a bit of text, does it like look at all the lines in GitHub where the same language file had a line starting with the same text and it guesses what you might want to end it with or something yeah it also indexes your entire project by reading your git ignore or other files and determines what files to index um, huh. and it works out of the box it says right here um but yeah and they say it's crazy fast like less than 10 milliseconds on average to get the list of suggestions so what um, do we need to do to get cfml support in this well it says it works with any language so i'm curious yeah what it would take to actually get up and running but like the deep completion, like says it trained on over 2 million files from GitHub. Um, but huh. it's tries to be smart. Like if you say get user, it assumes that an object with set of methods was returned. But if you say get users, it assumes to be a list of users, you know? So like there's just quite a bit under the cover. Obviously it's pretty in depth and detailed, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I just saw this from Scott the other day and I haven't had time to try it yet, but it sounds pretty interesting. It's like, a really cool idea. I hate the phrase AI. <laughs> yeah. I hate anything that's labeled artificial intelligence. Um, just because I don't think... Yeah, it's not really artificial intelligence. It's just... <laughs> it's not sentient. It's not like it's thinking inside of your, your IDE. Like, ooh, what will I do today? But it's still a really amazing idea. I like this. This is it says it works for super all. interesting. It doesn't See, require any configuration. You know, it I kind of want to like have it index a few, you know, like large-ish cold box apps and then like experiment with some stuff and see like what it, you know, what it pulls up. Yeah. It says like, it like if I type like event code. dot, you know, get, will it like find all the places in the app I've done event dot, you know, get collection or something and, and suggest that kind of thing. Well, see, it doesn't pass your code apparently. So it won't look for mismatch bracket, but it does index your code. So yeah, I'm curious. 
like how it works. So Scott, you're in the chat. Uh, it says it will look at your code too. It already has it. So he's already answering as we're talking. So, so it already, well, supports are, Cold it already has it. He typed after I asked about cold fusion support. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even, even if it's not parsing the code for syntactical correctness, if it's just looking for text patterns, you know, when I type event dot get, you know, when I typically type collection or private collection after that, I could see how it could do some kind of smart matches, even if it didn't know whether or not it was valid CFML. So cool. So people might be worried about leaking their source code. There's options for disabling or enabling cloud uh, GPU options. And you can even have a self-hosted version if you want to be able to get some of the power for that. So sounds pretty dang cool. I'm kind of curious. You may one opt into tab nine, deep cloud. Yeah. That just sounds evil, man. It's like Skynet. Deep cloud is coming. Yeah. Huh. So, but it looks pretty cool. So yeah, something to try out. Something that to could be really with. weird if you always typed password equals and you're like, yeah, go ahead. W what do people usually type after this? I'm wa I'm waiting. What <laughs> password equals what? What do people type? <laughs> have to yeah. be a little careful about that. Yeah, I wonder wonder how it works. Like if it's done off of you know file extensions or if it reads the VS Code file type to figure out you know what type of things. But pretty cool. So. That's really interesting. That's that's one I definitely want to play with. Although if it checks out my code, I may not want to see the completions. <laughs> but yeah, so Scott says it tries to type ahead from other code in your file. So <coughs> pretty cool. I know like VS Code already does some of that sometimes, but it, sometimes it's kind of off. You know, like I get some <coughs> weird see, things popping up. This is what I like about a super extensible IDE. Because um, this is the kind of thing like a company that makes an IDE would probably never think of or would never put effort into. But, you know, random cool dudes on the internet that think of really cool ideas like this and have this and have time to play with it. This is the kind of cool stuff you get built for an IDE. This is I like this. Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna play with that one. I wanna see what it does. Although yeah, I'm not sure if it'll freak out on my code. We'll see. <laughs> what would be really funny is if it would if it would analyze the code and the git history and and categorize the suggestions based on which of your coworkers and what they were most likely to type. And I'd be like, if if this were Luis's code, he would probably type this next. But Gavin, no, 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 he would type this next. <laughs> that that would be like the next level. That's too funny. Okay, so up next we have our Patreon supporters. So we need to thank our Patreon supporters for making an ever-growing list. Yep, thirty-four people now. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, we're, yeah, like I said we're fifty-eight percent funded from our Patreon supporters, and their individual, um, you know, funds go into making this podcast. Once we meet that that funding threshold, then it's going to go towards things like Command Box, Forge Box, Cold Box, Content Box, Test Box, and all our other boxes, uh, and making Box sure we box. get all the yeah continuous development they need. Uh, and obviously, ForgeBox and our package management, uh, you know, that's built on top of our open source support as well. So. Uh, a big deal. So we thank every one of you. Brad, you want to read the names? I can read the names for a price. Okay. I can read them. Decide it later. Cost. <laughs> ben Nadell, Brett DeLine, Carl Von Stutton, Charlie Earhart, Dolly, Dan Carr, Daniel Garcia, David Bellinger, Didier Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Edgardo Cabezas, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamry, Kai Koenig, 
Laxma Tiridardi, Mario Rodriguez, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Patrick Flynn, Ross Phillips, Scott Steinbeck, Scott Odin, Stephen Klotz, Synaptrix, and Yogesh Mathur. Thank you so much. Sean Odin. To all of you guys. Ooh, what did I say? You said Scott Odin. Oh, well, I was thinking so hard about how cool Scott's name is to pronounce like that. Yes, Sean Odin. Sorry about that. That's what you <laughs> get for having me read the list, man. Taking your okay. life in your own I'm hands. I'm paying attention. And Patrick <laughs> Flynn is our latest uh, patron supporter. So I appreciate that, Patrick. That just came in the last day or two, didn't it? Fighting the good fight. Came in yesterday. Yep. So, yeah, we, we appreciate all of you. And again, uh, thanks to everybody. And thanks to Otis for making this podcast happy. And uh, next week, uh, it'll be a short week before we uh, have our Thanksgiving break. But uh, we'll see you all next Tuesday. Tuesday this time, not Thursday. That is if, if your Thanksgiving hasn't been canceled. Yeah. Well, thankful we don't have to deal with family, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, look at that. that that's a, a glass is half full attitude right there. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody. You have a good week. Hope you enjoyed CF Summit. Watch out for those videos being released uh, soon. And we'll catch you all next week. Peace out. Have a good one. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.